Therefore, be as shrewd as snakes and innocent as doves. Be on your guard against men. They will hand you over to the local councils and flock you in their synagogues. On my account, you will be brought before governors and kings as witnesses to them and to the Gentiles. But when they arrest you, do not worry about what to say or how to say it. At that time, you will be given what to say. For it will not be you speaking, but the spirit of your father speaking through you. Let us pray. Lord our God, we want to thank you so much that we can be together, together in your presence. Lord, you have given us that promise that you will never leave us nor forsake us and you are here today. And so, Lord Jesus Christ, we are here to hear and listen to the word that you have prepared for us. So, Lord Jesus, I ask you, Lord, that we are able to catch the full bandwidth of what you are going to say today and how you want us to live our lives here in this world. We thank you, Lord Jesus Christ, for your calling, your mighty and powerful calling. We thank you, Lord, for the privilege that we are called by you, almighty God. And everyone say, Amen. Amen. So my subject today is the privilege to be called by God Almighty. The privilege to be called by God Almighty. We have already heard the scripture from 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9, where the Bible tells us, you know, addressing, you know, the body of Christ, the people of God, that is you and me, telling us that we are a chosen people. Okay? Telling us that we are a royal priesthood, that we are a holy nation. You see, we must understand that in the body of Christ, uh, of course, very often we are trying to divide, oh no, this one is the, the pastor, this one is the, the elder, or this one is the prophet, or this one is the apostle. You know, first of all, we must understand we are all called, all of us, okay? If you remember the people of Israel, they were in slavery. And when God asked uh, Moses to go and uh, tell Pharaoh, let my people go, that was a message that God had called his people out of slavery, out of darkness. Okay, it's a picture of the New Testament church. And what we must understand is that when finally the people of Israel came out of Egypt, not one of God's people the, the nation of Israel remained behind, not even one, okay? And so we must understand when God says, you are a chosen people, you are a royal priesthood, you're a holy nation, a people belonging to God, he's not talking about a few people, okay? Because the Bible tells us that we are all kings and priests, okay? A priest is somebody who is a mediator between, uh, you know, uh, on God on one hand and the people on the other hand. And, and that's what, who we are. You know, we are priests of God. You don't need to have a special calling. Yes, of course, some of, of us we will probably, you know, uh, realize that God has given us maybe a calling to be uh, the preacher of the word of God or whatever else. But first of all, you know, we must understand that we are all called, okay? Many times you think that some of these messages, they apply to a few people uh, in the body of Christ, maybe those who are uh, seen and known, but that's not what the Bible tells us. You know, so I want you to understand we are all together. You know, the whole body of Christ, we are a chosen people. We are a royal priesthood, a people belonging to God. Okay? And that's really what my message is today all about. Okay? So this is the first thing first. We are all called. We are all called out of the world of sin, out of darkness, out of uh, misery, and we are called into the very 
presence of God. Now, when we are called, you know, if, if your phone rings and you pick up the phone, uh, then, you know, the, the, those phones which, which have uh, uh, recognition of who is calling you, it tells you who is calling, isn't it? Okay? So, in other words, when somebody calls, there is also a caller. And we must understand when, when we were called out of darkness into his wonderful light, we were not called by anyone less than the almighty God himself. That's how much God has been and is concerned for each and every one of us. That's a privilege. So let us understand that God has really privileged us in such a powerful way that he called us to be his in a very, very special way. When we are called, <clears throat> unlike when your phone is ringing, sometimes you have people there who are wasting your time, but when God is calling, he's not wasting your time. He's giving you an outlook. He's giving you a future. He's giving you a very certain purpose for living. And you know, this is what we must recognize, that we are not just different because we are going to church on Sunday, no. We are different because God has given us a calling and he has given us a purpose, a meaning for life and a powerful future. That is what it's all about, okay? Our pattern of life must be changed, okay? We are not supposed to live anymore the way we used to live in the past, but our pattern of life must be transformed, must change. Because now we are no longer living without a purpose, you know, from one day of uh, treachery to another day of uh, trouble, but now we are living from one glory to another glory. Yes, of course, uh, life will still have challenges, uh, there will still be uh, hardships and difficulties, but we see beyond those things. We see what God has in mind for our lives, and that is very important. So, in other words, life is now no longer a question of luck, okay? You have heard people saying, oh, I was very lucky, you know, I escaped uh, that accident, or I was, you know, just lucky because of my life. No, we are not lucky. We are here because God wants us to be here. And if you have been escaping some danger, it's because God has given you grace to escape that danger. You know, as I said a few weeks ago, I could have died many times uh, before in my life. You know, there were many situations that I've gone through and, and I could have been no more alone time ago. But because of God's grace, he kept me alive. He kept me going. And he still keeps me focused on my destiny. And all of us, we should understand what our destiny is all about. Okay, I'm, I'm going to talk about this today. And of course, the Bible says we are belonging to God that we may declare God's. Okay, we may declare the praises of God. We may de declare the salvation of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. We may declare that now there is no longer darkness in which people are condemned to live, but there's light in which they can come to. That's the purpose, okay? If, if God wanted, he could have taken us out straight away uh, to be with him. Uh, no, but there is a purpose that we are still here. And uh, of course, one of the purposes is that God needs to change ourselves, our lives into a greater uh, dimension, you know, from glory to glory. And also the other dimension is that God wants us to be able to be witnesses. Okay, that was one of the very clear instructions of the Lord Jesus Christ that the people that he had called out of darkness, that they should go and be witnesses, you know, in different places, you know, starting from Jerusalem, in Judea, Samaria, and even to the ends of the world. So there's a reason for us to be here. And we need to understand that our life has meaning because God is building, you know, our lives block by block. Okay, bit by bit, precept about precepts, you know. That's what God is doing. 
So we are joining the fellowship of God's people. And uh, many of them we don't know, okay? Because God's, God's uh, uh, people are worldwide. Okay, we, we, you know people are today talking about the World Wide Web. Uh, but then there was something worldwide long before the World Wide Web. And that is the worldwide body of Christ. So wherever you go in this world, you will find people who belonging to this fellowship. Okay, the Greek word is koinonia. So that, that special people who are called out of darkness into his wonderful light. And we are here to represent him to the world. Okay, that's why we are still around. So what I want you to understand now, when God called us, he didn't call us like, you know, many, many companies or many institutions, they put an, uh, an advert in the paper, we are employing, okay? I'm sure you have seen when uh, Army or, or uh, Zambia Air Force are making an, uh, uh, you know, an advert in the paper, we are, we are, we are recruiting. Hey, the place is full, okay? Because everybody hopes, you know, I, I need to get in there. I need to get in there. I need to be part of that institution, okay? Uh, many times when jobs are being advertised, you know, there are so many applications. I, I know a little bit out of, because, because you know, we have been up like, uh, uh, advertising jobs. And sometimes you get boxes and boxes of letters of people who are applying for that job. And it's very difficult now to go through and who do you choose because if you need one and you have 100, then 99 are not going to be considered. Thank God in the kingdom of God it's not like that. In the kingdom of God, everyone is considered. Praise the Lord. So you and I, we have been considered. And it's a, it's a sad situation that many people, they look for a job, but they don't look for a purpose, a reason, you know, for the greater uh, benefit of the future that God has given us life for. So we are not meant to be employees in the kingdom of God, okay? Actually, when we come into the kingdom of God, we come as children. We come as sons. And that is according to a job offer, uh, then the best you can hope for is to become an employee, okay? Or to be recruited as, you know, uh, maybe on the bottom rank and hopefully later on get higher in the, in the ranks. But in the kingdom of God, you're not coming in on the bottom. You're coming in as a full member of the family, as a child of God, and God wants us to be sons of the Most High. So our presence in this world, you know, once we are sons of the living God, will change totally. We are no longer just, you know, employees who have to go for work and do our thing, uh, but, but we are sons of the living God, and we are partly, you know, uh, the owners of the house. Okay, if we are too young, you know, the inheritance may not yet be given to us, uh, but when we are growing up and when we are of age, then God will give us more and more of his inheritance in our lives. Now, as God calls us out of darkness into his wonderful light, and praise God, this is not just now an ethnic issue. God calls people from anywhere, everywhere, okay? Anyone is qualified because Jesus died for all, okay? He never just died for one ethnic group. Okay, like this was the problem the Jews had, you know, the Jewish people or the people of Israel, they thought it's us who are the chosen people. But God actually told even their father, Abraham, that I'm going to call you so that you become a blessing to all nations. Okay, so they were not supposed to segregate, but they are su they're supposed to be a blessing to everybody. Unfortunately, they misunderstood that, but eventually, 
the one who became a blessing to the whole world came, and that is Christ, our Savior and Lord. While the Israelites were not fulfilling the purpose of God, Christ did fulfill the purpose of God. So our presence in this world as children of the Most High God, as sons of God, must be able to change the atmosphere in which we live. Okay? I'll explain that. Okay? The atmosphere of fear, of slavery, of hardship, you know, of, of negativism must be changed. We must become different kind of individuals. Okay? And it's important that we understand that we should not take our life like, you know, uh, every, everybody else, but we should take our life as a privilege that God has given to us in this world. Now, I've read about a, a, a study. Uh, some professors made a study, uh, you know, in a certain field of psychology, trying to find out uh, how people take their work life. Okay, and they came up with a, a very interesting uh, outcome. Okay, the outcome was that, you know, as they were interviewing different people in certain places, they went first of all into a, into a hospital, and in the hospital they were asking the cleaners, the janitors, you know, uh, how they would take their, their job, okay? And some of them, of course, they said, no, I'm here because I have to make a living, you know? So otherwise they just took it as a job. Others, they said, no, uh, uh, for me, this is a, a, you know, an entry point, and I hope I will rise high. I can be maybe the head of janitors, or maybe they can be this or the other. So they, they looked at this, not so much as a job, but as a career path. Okay? And then they found others, amongst those group of janitors or cleaners, who said, God has called me here, or maybe I know there is a calling upon me. I must just do that, and I must help people who are in this hospital. And so they were able to not just do the necessary, you know, chores that were given, but they were actually giving encouragement to the patients. They were speaking to them. They were rearranging some of the things that were in their rooms and things like that, you know. Then they were doing the same thing with nurses. And they found the same situation. You know, some people are just there for a living. They just want to have money at the end of the month, and that is it. You know, they, they will do whatever is required at the end of the month. And again, there were others who said, no, I, I really want to go further. I want to, you know, uh, build up my career. And then again, there was this group who said, I'm here because I have a calling. You know, I want to serve those who are in need. I want to serve those who are sick. I want to help them, you know, to look up and to, you know, have hope again for their, for their situations. They did the same study amongst doctors, and they found the same pattern, okay? So, in other words, there are people who take whatever they do as a job, okay? And they try to get a, away with as little as possible, you know? Minimum input, maximum output. Okay? And when I read that study, uh, actually it resonated with me because, you know, in, in, in the work that we are doing in the various different things, we have got a lot of people that are working for us. And the same situation uh, has been, I have been able to observe over many years. I remember, you know, when we came to uh, start work in Zambia 40, over 40 years ago, you know, we, we employed people, they stayed for a week, they disappeared. We employed other people, they stayed for a week, they disappeared. We employed other people, they stayed for a week, they disappeared. And I was wondering, what is this? Okay? And all they wanted is just to have the money, especially when they are paid. Then they go and take the money to the next bar. Okay? Or wherever. And they're gone. And sometimes they come back later on and says, oh, Buana, can you give me my job back? You know? Uh, so it has been very difficult. But then, of course, you have some people who are saying, I'm here and I want to, I want to really contribute. 
And some of them, they stay a while, they go up the ladder, and they say, oh, now I'm qualified, I, I can go. Okay? And praise God for them, you know, it's good, who really have a... But then, you know, again, you would love to see people who really have a calling to be part of what you're doing. Okay? You know, as an employer or as a, as a, as a you know, a person who, who needs... Uh, you know, a good, a good group of people. I don't want to say employees because sometimes employees uh, doesn't really hit the nail on the head, okay? Because I believe, you know, that there should be a partnership in, in, any, in any group of people who are trying to achieve something, okay? That's the ideal position, okay? It's not always achievable, but... That's the ideal thing. You know, if, if everybody can have the same vision, share the same vision, and pull along the same way, that is the best thing that can happen. And those of you who are in business, you know what I'm talking about. You know, the biggest headache are the people who are just there for, for, for the money. Okay? They do what you tell them, or even less, but at the, at the end of the day, they want to have the money. It's better to have people who are trying to build a career. At least they want to please you and do something that is better. But the best people are those who are there because they really genuinely want to be part of your vision. Okay? And over time, you know, I must say, those are very few people. Okay? The very few people who are over time saying, for better or worse, I'm going to be with you. I'm going to, you know, share in the hardships as well as in the successes of your, of your uh, journey. And I think that is something very, very encouraging. So God has called us and he wants us to behave like people who are called. So no matter what we do in life, and please mis don't misunderstand me, God has called you. Not all of us can be what we call full-time ministry. But we are all full-time called. Okay? We all have a full-time calling, no matter in what job you're doing it, but you must be seen as somebody who not only serves the, the paymaster at the end of the month, but you serve God. Okay? In your job, no matter what that job may be, God wants to utilize that uh, that, you know, good input that you can be able to give and uh, make a difference in the work uh, where you are. So I think this is extremely important. You know, uh, the other day somebody was, I was overhearing uh, somebody saying that we should not just have a job description, but we should have a calling description. Okay. And I thought, that's very interesting, a calling description. I was thinking about it, and then, you know, I was trying to put some few things down. You know, job description, we all know what it is. You know, it's a job title. It gives you a summary of what you're supposed to do. It gives you the responsibilities, the required skills and qualifications, uh, your reporting structures, and the, your, the expectations for your performance. You know, that's what a job description is all about. Uh, a calling description is quite different, okay? And, and, you know, when we are remembering or we are reminded today that it's a privilege to be called by God Almighty, that means, you know, we have a calling and sometimes it's good to describe what this calling is all about. You know, a calling description focuses on the deeper sense of purpose, of passion and personal fulfillment associated with that particular role that we are called to. It aims to inspire and attract individuals who are looking for a meaningful vocation rather than just a job, okay? It emphasizes values, vision, impact that we can have in that particular role. And it should, you know, include certain elements. Let me give you some of the elements. Maybe you can write it. You know, we should calling uh, description. First of all, you know, we should 
understand our mission and our purpose in life. Okay, I've already given you our calling here. We are chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people belonging to God. And then God gives us the purpose, okay, that we may declare the praises of him who called us out of darkness into his wonderful light. Okay, that's the purpose. God has given us a mission. God has given us a purpose. Okay, God also gives us core values. Okay, and, and those values we get from scripture, we get from the word of God. The values describe, you know, the Bible describes the values and principles that guide whatever we do and emphasize the importance that we align our lives to those kind of values. Okay, it's very important. Uh, I'm very thankful, you know, that when I grew up, you know, there were certain values instilled by my parents into my life. Okay, and I will not just go against those values. Those values are very important. Okay, now my, my parents were not Christians at that time. They were just religious. But of course they had, they had received values from their parents who were Christians. Okay, and they were instilling those values into our lives as, uh, uh, you know, children. And... You know, the, 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 the value of uprightness, the value of respect, the value of, of, of uh, uh, working uh, together and accepting other people as ourselves, they were very important uh, and instilled into our lives when we were still very young. When I gave my life to the Lord, I got a new set of values, okay, that scripture was teaching me and, you know, these values became part of me. So if somebody comes and tells me something that goes against those values, it will be a no-brainer for me to tell that person, sorry, do your thing alone. I'm not with you, okay? I mean, like what you're seeing today in our contemporary kind of Christian environment that many people come and, 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 and they're building ministries and try in, in order to try to, to make a living out of other people's pockets. Uh, that is contrary to against my grain. You understand? I could never, never do that. Could never agree with that. Because, you know, I was brought up with the principle of hard work and being responsible for myself. And if there is money involved, I should not ask for money but give to others. Okay? I should not be somebody who is a burden on anybody else, but I should lift the burdens of others. That is one of the core values that I learned when I was young. Okay? And I live by that value, okay? So a calling descriptions should also talk about our personal fulfillment, okay? Because, you see, God has given us a life, and Jesus said, I've come so that you have life and that you have it in its fullness, or that you have it more abundantly, okay? God wants to give us the true fulfillment in life. Many people think fulfillment in life comes with money or comes with, you know, an influential position or comes with power or comes with fame. All these things, they may be giving you a certain kick, but they are not really fulfilling the real deep yearning inside of your heart. It's impossible. Nothing of these sorts of things can ever satisfy the yearning of our heart. Only God can. Okay, and that's why it is so important that we realize, you know, God has given us Christ so that we live a fulfilled life. God has given us the fellowship amongst believers so that we can be able to rejoice together and walk together and be in the company of believers and, and, and really see the hand of God in each and every one of them. That is personal fulfillment. And you know, God wants us to grow uh, from strength to strength. You know, that's personal fulfillment. When we are no longer on the bottom, but when we are able to uh, become more and more responsible with all the gifts and talents that God has given in our life. Okay? So, uh, we are not just looking at financial rewards 
but we are looking far beyond financial rewards. You know, financial rewards, they may be nice and good, and I'm not against them, you know, uh, but uh, finances, you know, the, like my father used always to say, the, the, the last garment uh, has got no pockets. So in other words, whatever money you have made in this world, you will not take it with you, okay? So in other words, we should look beyond financial rewards. I mean, all of us, of course, Honestly, we would love to have a financial reward in one way or the other. Of course, we look forward to uh, get the pay that we have worked for. But, uh, you know, in following Christ, that is not our primary vocation. Our primary vocation is to look for the reward that God has prepared for us in the heavenlies. Okay? That God has prepared for us in the body of Christ, even today. Okay? So it's not just a uh, in the sweet by and by, but even now, God has given us so many rewards that come from, you know, being together, being one in Christ, you know, looking into the word of God, being touched by the grace of God time and time again. Also, you know, God is able to uh, give us emotional connections. You know, we are, we are human beings, every one of us has emotions. Emotions are very important, you know, because they make us what we are, okay? And, you know, when we do our work according to the call of God, you know, God takes into account our emotional life. He knows who we are, you know, from the beginning when we were born, even before we were born, even in our mother's womb, even before our mother's womb, God knows us. And so he is able to give us you know, uh, everything that we deeply desire, you know. In fact, the Bible tells us in Psalm 37 that God will give us what your hearts desire. Okay, and many people misunderstand that. He doesn't say what your mind desires, but what your heart desires. Okay, now, you may not see a difference there. You may say, but, you know, if I desire money, I desire money. Okay. Actually, your heart does not desire money, okay? Your heart is more clever than your mind because your heart is programmed by God, okay? Write this down. Your heart is, my heart is programmed by God, okay? Our mind is programmed by the system of the world and it's very different, okay? Very, very different because our our mind can be very easily, easily influenced by what is in today, okay? What everybody is, uh, you know, going for. But our heart is not influenced by, by the things the world is, is, is looking for. Our heart really is programmed by God. And our heart seeks God. Our heart seeks the closeness with God. Of course, those who are not in Christ... Uh, you know, eventually they cannot differentiate between the mind and the heart. But for us who are in Christ, we should be very, very clearly able to differentiate. And when God says that he will give us what our hearts desire, that means he gives himself to us. Because that's the desire of our hearts. You know, we, we, we all know how meaningful a relationship can be. You know, when you are in love with somebody, and you finally come together, you know, it's a something special, it's, it's a fulfillment that no money can buy, okay? No matter what you do in life, in life, uh, money cannot buy certain things, okay? You can buy a lot of properties, but you can't buy the fulfillment of your heart. Only God can give that, okay? And talk to some of the rich people. You know, every now and then you hear very, very rich people commit suicide. And you wonder, you know, especially those of us who don't have much, who, you wonder, how, how could somebody who is rich commit suicide? You know, because they have everything they want. Wrong. They don't have everything they want. Money is just, you know, one commodity that does not touch their hearts. It cannot satisfy their heart. Not in any way, not even coming close. Now you may be buying all kinds of things, you know, you may be buying people who are telling you nice stories, 
You can have people around you who tell you, I love you, I love you. But the reality is, it's not there. You understand? Money does not buy anything that is of substance, that is of value. So we must understand that. So a, a calling description should also deal with our long-term future, okay? Maybe I could call it vision, long-term vision. Not of what I want to do tomorrow and day after, but what God has in store for me in his future. And, and let's not forget, you know, God has called Abraham. And we, we, we know the life of Abraham so well as believers. You know, he has called him when he was still amongst the idol worshippers. And then he heard the voice of God. Okay? And, and God called him and says, Abraham, come follow me. I'll show you where to go. And eventually Abraham did that. And a long journey began to unfold. Okay? God showed Abraham a vision, a long-term vision. Not a vision for tomorrow and day after, but a long-term vision. The Bible tells us in the book of Hebrew that God showed him a city whose builder, whose designer is God. And God allowed him to have a glimpse of that city. And you know, that vision never left him. Even so, he lived a long life. He never saw that vision being fulfilled. And obviously, it could not be fulfilled. And probably Abraham was told that it could not be fulfilled because the city that God was building, well, he was building with human beings like you and me. Okay? So Abraham was just the first block in that city. Okay? And so all of us, we are what the Bible calls living stones that are being put into that temple of the living God or in that city of God that eventually will grow up and will become that magnificent building, that magnificent city of God that we read about in, in the book of uh, Revelation. That's amazing, okay? So, in other words, Abraham came from a background of uh, idol worship. There was no church that he had. There were no other believers who could encourage him. He was just alone, okay? He heard the voice of God, and then he shared with his wife, and he shared with his father, and he shared with his family, and eventually, you know, uh, God said, leave your city, leave uh, your, your surrounding. But his father said, no, 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 you can't just go. I, I'll go with you. So his father, Terah, came along together with another uh, group of the family. And then they went out to Haran. Okay? Why they went to that city, you know, from, from where they were in Mesopotamia, which is today is Kuwait or, or, or Iraq, somewhere there. You know, they went to the north, which was a city called Haran. Interesting, there was, there was one, one son of Terah, a brother of Abraham, who was also called Haran. So maybe that was his settlement. We don't know exactly. Maybe this was the started, but that's where they went. Okay, it was not where God told them to go. And so eventually, you know, God had to wait for Abraham, and he waited for Abraham, okay? So sometimes we think we need to do this, and uh, yet God has called us beyond that. And only when Terah, his father, died. So in other words, God did not uh, want Abraham come into conflict with his father versus his heavenly father. Okay, very interesting, isn't it? So the father said, we must go to Haran. The heavenly father said, you must go to Palestine. Okay? And so, and then God said, hey, it's time to start moving again. And that's when they started moving into the very place that God had, pro, uh, that God had spoken to him in the very beginning. Now, God is a, a gracious God, you know? Even if you make a mistake, God always... Uh, uh, has uh, room for our mistakes, okay? Abraham was not in a good position like we are. You know, we come into a body of Christ. We have brothers and sisters. We can praise together. Abraham couldn't do all of these things. He was all by himself. And most of the people he was re re relating to, his, his, his uh, 
you know, his family, his father and other siblings, you know, they didn't understand the call that God had given to him. They probably even didn't want to understand that call. Okay, but eventually Abraham went. And he did a mighty and powerful work in his life. And he built not only a nation called Israel, but he built a nation called the nation of faith. And that is all of us today. Okay, every single one of us is a living stone in the temple of our almighty God. Praise God. So God is building his temple. God is building his city. Okay, that is what God had shown to Abraham in the long-term vision that is still in progress today, that is still coming together today. Totally amazing. Amen? So God has called us and never forget that you are a chosen individual. Okay? Together we are a chosen people. We are a royal priesthood. And it doesn't matter what you are saying, no, me, I'm not a pastor. No, you don't have to be a pastor, but you are still a royal priest. Okay? You don't have to be an apostle. You don't have to be an evangelist. You don't have to be any one of these uh, ministry gifts, but you are still called. You are still called to witness. Everybody is witness. As long as you have seen something, you can be a witness, isn't it? If you, don't have, if you haven't seen anything, then you can't be a witness. But once you have seen, you can witness. And if we have seen what God has done in our life, if we have seen how he has transformed us, how he has been able to build us up, then we have a, a story to tell. We can be witnesses to the people in our family, to the people in our surrounding, in our neighborhood, to the people in our nation, and even far beyond our nation. So God is calling us and God has given us that calling that we must understand very, very clearly. So a long-term vision is talking about uh, that picture that God, like God has painted that picture of the city to Abraham. You know, he showed him that long-term vision of uh, how he would be able to contribute to that larger vision uh, that God had for him. And that is true for each and every one of us. You know, when you are following Christ, you're not just a little individual uh, drowning in the sea of, uh, of, 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 of a lot of people. No, you are actually part of God's chosen people. You are very important to the living God. Let me read you uh, some scriptures from 2 Thessalonians chapter 1 and 11, 11 and 12. The Apostle Paul writes, With this in mind, we constantly pray for you that our God may count you worthy of his calling. Very important word, that God may count you worthy of his calling. So God has called you, but are you worthy, living worthily of that calling? Okay, and so Paul says we are, we are praying that you may be counted worthy of his calling. And that his power, he may fulfill, that in his power he may fulfill every good purpose of yours and every act prompted by your faith. We pray this so that the name of our Lord Jesus may be glorified in you and you in him according to the grace of God and the Lord and the Lord Jesus Christ. Okay? So God is calling us to live worthy of our calling. We are a chosen nation. Okay? We are chosen people and we must live worthy of our calling. Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 1, uh, again, uh, Paul is writing to the Ephesians here. He says, as a prisoner for the Lord, then I urge you to live 
a life worthy of your calling. Again, the same, the same phrase, okay, the same uh, challenge. That you live a life worthy of, your, of the calling you have received. Be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. Make every effort, okay, not a little effort, not once in a while effort, but make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. There is one body and one spirit, just as you were called to one hope when you were called. Okay, remember, there's one body and one spirit, just as you were called to one hope when you were called. So we were not just called out of darkness, but we were called to hope. Okay, we must get hold of that hope. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all and through all, in all, and in all. But to each one of us, grace has been given as Christ apportioned it. Praise God. So, you know, once you are called, you qualify for God's grace assignments or grace uh, releases. Uh, let, let, me, let me, you know, remind you about the people of Israel. The people of Israel came out of, out of Egypt and they didn't go very far when there was already an obstacle in front of them, the Red Sea. And of course, Pharaoh followed behind. We know the story very well. And so they were, they were squeezed in between, you know, an enemy that they knew too well from many years of suffering and uh, slavery and the uh, a barrier that was put there by nature, the Red Sea. Okay, so they began to panic. They began to, to, to lose hope. And God told them, you know, keep quiet. Because the enemy that you see today, you will see no more. And so God told Moses, you know, just lift up your hand. He had the staff in his hand that God had given to him. And he had lifted this, this, this uh, staff in his hand and the Red Sea divided. Now, this was supernatural, okay? This was the grace of God. And let me tell you, when you who are called out of darkness into his wonderful light are journeying through your life, there are many such situations that God is going to supernaturally transform. Amen? So God's grace is with us. You know, God is not just saying you're my people, but actually when we are becoming his people, when we are the chosen generation, when we are his royal, royal priesthood, then he also supplies us with grace all the way. So the people of Israel came through the Red Sea without a scratch. Not one man lost. The enemy lost everything, everybody. Nobody was surviving. I mean, this is... Zero to 100, okay? Zero to the enemy, 100 to, uh, to, the, to the people of God. They went further, and God provided them with water. God provided them with manna. God provided them with the necessary food. In fact, God provided them with clothes that never wore, wore out for 40 years. That's a miracle, okay? Because there were no boutiques and no clothing shops in the, in the desert. So God actually made all of their clothes last for 40 years. That's amazing. Okay? Even their shoes never wore out. How, much, how long did your last pair of shoes last? You know, last week we were, we were on the building site and somebody had a pair of shoes and uh, he just threw it and he said, ah, these shoes are useless. And he said, uh, where did you buy them? Or when did you buy them? He says, I just bought them uh, about 10 days ago. And uh, they were already opening up, boom, you know, boom, cut here, you know. He says, where, what, what kind of shoes are these? So he told me, I know there are some shoes from somewhere, you know. I, I don't want to go into details. So, but imagine the people of Israel had shoes for 40 years, and they, never, they were never bearing out. This is true grace. 
okay? Grace, the grace of God was wisdom in a mighty and powerful way. So if we walk in his calling, we will be able to fulfill his purpose. And remember, there is a greater purpose in our lives that God has made for us even before the foundation of the world. He knew us. Actually, he, he designed us in such a way that we can be able to fulfill the purpose for which God has brought us into this world. That's amazing, okay? And that is really what is the desire of our heart, okay? That's what our heart desires, that, that there is a fulfillment, there's a purpose to say, yes, this is what I came for, this is what I'm supposed to do, okay? That's what is going to make us truly thankful and happy, okay? You know, the happiness that we are talking about sometimes is very, very, sufficient, very uh, you know, not, not very deep. You know, we, we just more talk more about pleasure. True happiness is when we enter into the happiness of our master and our lords. Praise God. So we are, or we may be a small piece of God's puzzle that is a much bigger, bigger picture. But every piece of the puzzle is very important. Okay? Every one of us has a certain position, a certain location where we fit. And that's how God has made us so that we fit. Okay? Uh, you know, I liked, I liked, my brother and I, we liked to do puzzles when we were young. And so, you know, uh, when we were very young, they gave us puzzles maybe with 30 pieces. And so you put this puzzle together and you know, it takes time for you to get uh, skilled in putting puzzles together. Then you know, the 30 pieces was too, too easy after some time. Then they gave us with 100 pieces. Then they gave us with, uh, you know, um, 200 pieces. And eventually, I remember, we were given a puzzle for 1,000 pieces. In a big picture, but, you know, very tiny pieces of the puzzle. And so we, we built, and it was taking time. It was taking time. At the end, we had some pieces left, but we had some holes in the, in the picture. Okay, and the, the pieces we had left, they didn't fit, you know. So, of course, they didn't fit because we squeezed some of the puzzles into places where they were not supposed to be. Okay, sometimes that's what we do in our lives. We squeeze ourselves into a place where we are not supposed to be. Okay, then somewhere else is a hole. Because each, each piece of the puzzle only exists once. Just like you, in your individuality, only exists once. You know, only you are you. Nobody else is like you. All the eight billion of people, they are different from you. Okay? Every one of us has our unique fingerprint. Every one of us has got our own way of thinking, our own way of, of, of understanding, you know. And while there may be a lot of things where we are similar, but we are st still unique and, you know, amazingly individual the way God has made us. So we must understand that we are here to serve others, you know? There are people next to us we can serve. If I'm a piece of the puzzle, I'm touching other pieces of the puzzle around me. And if somebody wants to look at the picture and finds holes because you're not there, then the whole picture is becoming that we all fit us, okay? So God makes sure that we all find our place, that we all fit into the very place that God has prepared for us. That's why we are here. That's why we are learning. That's why we are taking time to listen to the word of God. Okay? So when we have that heavenly calling, you know, we are able to go on no matter what. No matter what. Hebrews chapter 3 verse 1 says, Therefore, holy brothers, we share in the heavenly calling. Fix your thoughts on Jesus, the apostle and high priest whom we confess. He was faithful to the one who appointed him, just as Moses was faithful in all of God's, of God's house. Jesus has been found worthy of greater honor than Moses, just as the builder of the house has greater honor 
than the house itself. For every house is built by someone, but God is the builder of everything. Moses was faithful as a servant in all God's house, testifying to what would be said in the future. But Christ is faithful as a son over God's house, and we are his house. If you hold on to our courage and the hope of which we boast. Very powerful. Okay, your heavenly calling, you know, will give you the ability to go on. You know, I mean, look at the life of Moses. Uh, Moses was often frustrated, was often coming to the limit of what he thought he could bear. But he was able to continue to go, okay, until his journey ended. And God said, now it's time to come to, to me, okay? And that's true for all of us. You know, God has a journey for each and every one of us. When God calls us, it does not mean everything will be smooth sailing. To the contrary, very often things are going to be very tough, okay? Paul, of course, who was called by God, found it very often so difficult to carry on. But he carried on. Okay, 2 Corinthians chapter 4. I'm just reading a few verses. Okay, 2 Corinthians chapter 4 verse 7 says, But we have these treasures in jars of clay. Okay, I want you to catch that. You know, we have a treasure. God has called you. You're a holy nation. You're God's people. You are called by God to fulfill a purpose way beyond what you can see today. And, and Paul says, but we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that his all-surpassing power is from God and not from us. So the grace of God makes things work even when you can't make things work. Okay? And he got a carries on and says, we are hard-pressed on every side, but we are not crushed. Perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not abandoned. Struck down, but not destroyed. We always carry around in our body the death of Jesus so that the life of Christ may also be revealed in our body. For we who are alive, we are always being given over to death for Jesus' sake so that his life may also be revealed in our mortal bodies. This is powerful, okay? And, and Paul says that his life is to work in us, okay? So he went through situations that looked so threatening, you know? In another uh, passage of scripture, he says that he went through uh, being stoned, shipwrecked, persecuted, beaten, you know, all of these different things. And he endured that. But he never lost sight of the call of the living God. And let's not forget, we are called, okay? God is not withdrawing his calling from you, okay? God wants us to march on and, and, and fulfill the calling of our God. So God's calling is coupled with a never-ending stream of his grace. His grace is available every single day. As we have seen in the nation of Israel, you know, as they were marching from Egypt all the way to the promised land, grace was there with them for every situation. And that is true for you and for me. You know, never mind, you may be sometimes stretched. You may sometimes think, I can't go through this. But when you keep your eyes upon him, he will do things that are not in the natural, but that are in the supernatural. Just like Israel has received a calling combined, everybody combined. You know, they were all called out of Egypt and into the promised land. So God has all called us out of darkness so that we are marching towards the very destiny that God has given to us in himself. So, 
while we are still here, you know, we are meant to be a blessing. We are meant to bring grace to people who are not experiencing grace. We are meant to be the very fulfillment of the promise that God has given to Abraham that in you all the nations of the earth shall be blessed. So let some people be blessed through you. Not because, you know, uh, it's easy. No, we are not people who are just fulfilling a job description, do the minimum. We are not people who are just looking for a career, but we are people who are called. And as people who are called, we look beyond what is absolutely necessary. We do what God has called us to do. We fulfill the purposes of God in this world in which we live. Second Peter chapter 1, verse 10 says, Therefore, my brethren, be all the more eager to make your calling and election sure. For if you do see these things, and if you read before uh, this, this verse, you will see that we should add to our faith all kind of different qualities. So if you do these things, you will never fall. And you will have a rich welcome into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. A rich welcome is awaiting every one of us. A rich welcome in the kingdom of the eternal and almighty God. Thank you for having followed the call of God. You know, it's very important that we Remember every now and then, yes, we are here today because we have followed the call of God. But make it more firm. Let that call of God become deeper and rooted more and more in our lives by adding to our faith. Okay? Kindness, goodness, gentleness, brotherly love, you know, all these things. And the Bible says when we do these things, we shall never fall. So I want you to remember that you have a high, a precious, a wonderful call. God gives us vision about what is yet to come. And I'm excited. You know, I love to do what I'm doing because I know God has given me a calling. I don't compare myself with others because God's call to me is a call for me. Okay, so what God has called others to do is not my problem. Whether it's greater or smaller, it's not an issue. Neither should you worry about others, you know. As long as you hold hand with the others, as long as the body of Christ, we are moving together forward towards our destiny, that we encourage each other, that we speak positively into our lives, and that we are waiting, you know, to see greater revelation that God has pro promised to us as we are moving with him. So remember, we are a chosen people. We are a royal priesthood. We are people belonging to God. We are people who are called out of darkness into his wonderful light. We are called, okay? And God is with us. God is guiding us. And along the way, let us be witnesses. Let us declare the praises of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ of what he has done for us and what he can, done, what he can do for others. Jesus said, you are the light of the world. Okay? I said earlier on, you know, <clears throat> when, we, when we follow the call of God, you know, as the sons of God, we are changing the atmosphere. The atmosphere in where we are. And you know, wherever you work, wherever you are, whether it's in your home, whether it's in your neighborhood, wherever you are, you know, the atmosphere should change. I think we all know what the atmosphere of darkness is. Okay? The atmosphere of hatred, of squeezing each other. Okay? That is what is in the world. 
But the atmosphere of those who are, who are called by God should be an atmosphere of light. Okay? You are the light of the world. You are the salt of the world. Okay? And that's what God wants us to be, making a difference in our world. That's why we are still here. And as long as God keeps us here, we have to fulfill that very purpose of our life. You know, so that when finally we arrive, we get that rich welcome scripture has just been encouraging us with. Amen. Let us pray. Lord our God, we are so grateful that you have thought of us. Even long before the world came into being, you thought of us. You loved us. You designed us. You prepared. When we live here, that we can make a difference. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for that powerful calling you have given to us. Lord, we may have been born into an environment of sin, an environment of lost, a lost cause. But Lord, you have called us out of darkness into his wonderful light. So Lord Jesus, we thank you so much that we can walk in that light. Just like you are the light of God. So Lord Jesus, I pray, help us that we are people who display the calling of God every day in our lives to the people around us. Lord Jesus, let us be a source of hope for many who have no hope. Let us be able to speak of the resources of grace that is so much lacking in our world today. Lord Jesus, I want to thank you for your wonderful word your word of encouragement, your word of love. Thank you for the calling that you have given each one, that you have given to each and every one of us. Lord, none of us was too small for you to call us. You called us. And you called us for something that no eye has seen, no ear has heard, no mind can even imagine, but that we can only receive by faith at this moment in time. So Lord, we love you. And your wonderful work that you have prepared for us is for all those who love you. So Lord Jesus, let the love of God overflow our hearts and life. Lord Jesus, let your grace be able to touch many people's lives. And Lord, let us be corridors. Let us be uh, channels of blessings to the people that we are talking to, that we come into contact with. Lord, let us be able to transform the atmosphere because we are people who are called, people who live by grace, people who live in the love of God. To you be the glory and the honor. And everyone say, Amen. Amen. God bless you.